You're listening to Tony Mark with The Art of Wellness on PeachRadio.com. On my way into the studio, I was listening to one of my favorite tunes, Marvin Gaye, Let's Get It On. That song transports me, puts me into such a good mood and great place. But I discovered what I was doing naturally is actually a form of medicine that contributes to my overall wellness. Today, I'm talking to a music therapist who came to her profession as a result of her experience in Afghanistan while serving in the British Army. Flair Hughes served from 2006 to 2011 in marching bands where she traveled all over the world entertaining troops. It was only while stationed in rural Afghanistan that she really began to think about the healing power of music. Welcome, Flair. Hello, Tony. Now, Fleur, for the purpose of what we're going to talk about today, how do you define music? That is a a very good question. Um, On one hand, I think music is such a personal experience, and we all have these personal relationships with music. Perhaps there are certain um, experiences that we've had where if we listen to a certain song, it takes us back to a certain time or reminds us of a certain person. Maybe music is a cultural thing for us. Maybe it's something we do every Sunday when we go to church, or if we take part in the community, maybe we play in different bands. But um, music is also made up of sort of common elements, so things like pitch, how high or low is the music, rhythm, dynamics. And, you know, music has been around for such a long time. Uh, From the moment, you know, we were able to pick up two sticks and hit them together, we had tempo. You know, when we were born, one of the first things that evolves is the ear. So even as in when the baby's in the womb, they can hear the rhythm of the mother's heartbeat. So for me, music is an all-encompassing thing. It's something that is always there. It is something that's always around us. And it's something that is very much a part of our lives. Fleur, what exactly is music therapy? Music therapy is where you use specific musical interventions. So singing, improvisation instrumental playing, um, listening, and you use these musical interventions to meet specific goals and aims. Can you give me an example of one of those um, things that you just mentioned? So as an example, let's say if I have a young adult who comes to me with autism, who might be in his 20s, and let's say, you know, this person struggles with self-awareness, and maybe this person's finding it hard making friends. You know, then what we'd look at is how could we use music to allow them to socialize with peers? So maybe they'll be in a group music therapy setting. And, you know, if they're busy struggling with um, self-awareness problems, you know, how could we use music therapy to encourage awareness of self and others? So something that would work really well is maybe to encourage awareness we might sing some of their favorite songs. So maybe this person likes um, songs by Green Day. Then we might take one of these songs and think, you know, well, why do you like about, what, what do you like about this song? What meaning has the song got for you? You know, what memories does the song have for you? And as they describe how the song makes them feel, they're actually expressing self-expression and self-awareness. Fleur, your, your journey into um, music therapy is a, is a very interesting one. Uh, when, I, when I first started doing the research and I found out that you were in a war zone, it, uh, it piqued my interest. How did you get there? I'm originally from South Africa, um, as you can hear from my accent, I'm quite Canadian. <laughs> and um, 
basically, you know, I, I went and studied music. And in 2003, I actually got a, a job in England working as a music teacher in a high school. Um, but, you know, I just realized after three years, teaching wasn't for me. And a friend said to me, you know, why don't you consider joining the army as a musician? And that had never occurred to me. Um, you know, if you know me, you'd probably think me in the army, that's the world's worst fit. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I went and auditioned. I ended up going out to Afghanistan in 2009. You're an artist. Uh, you have a music degree. How hard was that to go through basic training? Extremely tough. I have to say, you know, also, again, if you know me, I'm not the fittest person. <laughs> so, you know, but to be fair, um, the, the morale that you have when you're with your troop and you're all going through these difficult periods together, you know, it really, it just, it, it gets it, it through. It bonds you. It does. And, you know, even just, again, just the idea of music, you know, while I was in the army, um, you know, even in basic training, you know, sometimes they'll spell, people would whistle marches and march along to somebody whistling a march. At the end of the day, there was always somebody who had their radio on listening to a song. We all had favorite songs. If we had a bad day, we all had like a little personal anthem that got us through something. So even through that, you know, music was always there. And, so and, you, you actually just answered my, my next question because I wanted to know, you know, it seemed like this naturally evolved, uh, this music therapy and, and you um, using it with what was on hand. But you used it on yourself. Yes. Yes, you know, and at that time, it was just, you know, personal music listening. Um, and what what happened was, you know, when I went out on tour in 2009, you know, I just noticed that whenever I, you know, went to the chapel and played piano or listened to music, um, it really just took my mind off what was going on around me. And, you know, when I spoke to people, you know, they'd say to me, oh, when I listen to you play piano, it relaxes me. Or if I listen to this song or play guitar, it calms me down. And, you know, this just started making me think about, you know, what what are the therapeutic effects of music? And it just made me wonder, you know, how could music treat, like, post-traumatic stress, PTSD, and trauma? Was there any music therapy research into, into that? Give me an example of what you experienced in Afghanistan that, uh, that you needed the, 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 the music for to calm you down. I think the, the, the interesting thing... Um, in, in a war zone is sort of the role that the lack of silence plays. Um, there's always noise around you. So whether you're hearing helicopters or hearing sounds of all the trucks and all the, the, the vehicles around the camp, you know, just all the people talking, there's always activity. There's always noise. Um, um, you know, in our usual day, we enjoy silence. But actually out there, silence has a very different role because silence means something horrible is going to happen. And that is sort of what starts playing on your mind is you're expecting something bad to happen. And that is extremely stressful, physically, mentally, emotionally. And also, I guess, when you're in that state of heightened stress, it's, there's also a lot more adrenaline in your body. So you, you start thinking in different ways, acting in different ways, and maybe they're not always the most rational ways, but it's because of sort of the pressures you're, you're feeling. Um, I don't work with many people in military populations now, but, you know, I've, I've worked with people who are refugees, people who've had, you know, traumatic brain injury from car accidents, um, people who've, who've unfortunately gone through extreme abuse in their lives. And we, we all sort of 
um, have some form of trauma or PTSD that we suffer from. This is not just something that's solely um, for people who are in the military. You know? Yes, because usually PTSD is uh, is synonymous with the um, with the army. But yes. whether you saw something um, traumatic or or had an accident or something, you can suffer, especially uh, emergency service. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of them now are going through PTSD in their line of work. So, you know, and I think it's also really important to think about the fact that, you know, a lot of people don't always want to talk about things. You know, people find it very hard to talk about experiences. And and that's something that um, uh, a lot of police officers don't want to talk about their their traumatic experience because it's, it, they think that it's going to be shown as a sign of weakness. Exactly, but if somebody comes to you. And you can see somebody's extremely tense. You can see someone's not opening up. If I go onto the piano and just play some piano and something in the music allows them to perhaps cry or get angry or have some form of emotional release, that is the start of their process to opening up. Once people get to that point, you know, that's when they then open themselves up to maybe writing a song about the experiences they've had or maybe they will do some drumming and drumming's a really intensive physical thing and that allows you to release emotion but you don't have to specifically talk you know you can have someone support you and give you the musical interventions you need to be able to deal with what you're going through what's the biggest challenge that you've had to overcome in this process and and how did you overcome it um towards sort of becoming a music therapist yes um firstly i think just you know completing my studies when I did my master's degree, um, I went back as an older learner. So, you know, with the brains on what it was when I was 20 years old. Um, and also really educating people about music therapy. Um, when I first moved to Medicine Hat, I tell people I do music therapy and they sort of get this glazed look over their eyes and I'd have to explain to them what it was and go out and do presentations and promote my services and really just get the word out there about what music therapy is because... Um, when you are in a smaller town, um, a lot of people just don't know what you do, what it is, and, and whether it's something that will be accessible for them. With the challenges that you face in your practice with patients, is it hard to overcome some of those misconceptions? It is. So generally, you know, even when I go through the process of setting up my sessions, the hardest thing is getting people here just to meet you. Because, you know, people, as soon as they hear the word therapy... They think there's something wrong with me. There's a negative connotation. Exactly. Yeah. You know, so the first thing is speaking to someone on the phone or meeting them face-to-face and saying, look, you know, don't worry about the word therapy. Just come into the session. We're going to do some music. See how you like it. You know, and then people come in and, you know, after 15, 20 minutes, they, you know, they say, oh, I love this. You know, music makes me feel wonderful. And then I think, and, and I say to them, you know, well, what has changed? What has changed in what, you, you know, why you didn't want to come here? And they're like, well, music has given me the confidence to come back. Or I like the fact that I can just play on the instruments. I don't have to talk to you. I can just be myself. And then I tell them that's the therapy part. The fact that, you know, you came in here feeling one way, you went through a process, and you're leaving feeling a different way. How does music heal? How does it work? You know, look, someone with Parkinson's or dementia, um, uh, how does it work? I think there are two parts of this question. I think the first part is definitely the fact that within making music, it's about a relationship. You know, the relationship is key. So, you know, whether you're listening to somebody else playing or singing, 
you, you know, there's there's a to and fro. Whether you're playing with on instruments with somebody else or singing a song, um, there, you have to you have to establish a relationship. Now, when it comes to, for instance, working with people with Parkinson's, um, there's a, there's a different approach of music therapy. Neurologic music therapy focuses less on sort of the psychosocial things. Um, and more specifically on the medical neuroscience that can affect brain function. So when working with people with Parkinson's, um, you might notice that sometimes they have too much movement and they can't stop their tremors. That's called um, dyskinesia. So, you know, this is really hard for them because they might not be able to relax, they might not be able to sleep. So one of the things we might do is use really slow rhythmic music to slow down their body rhythms, to allow them to relax, and then hopefully sleep better. There's the opposite, where, you know, um, maybe they have problems with initiating and following through with movement, so thinking about how they walk. And one of the things we might do is there's a technique called um, rhythmic auditory stimulation. And what you do is basically using rhythm, it stimulates the impulse for movement to occur. So if I beat on a drum um, or use different rhythmic patterns, I, I might look at how somebody is walking, and I want to establish a regular rhythmic pattern which will help with their walking or their balance. And then what happens is once they find a comfortable beat to walk along to, you'll notice the rhythm assists with, like, from the moment the heel strikes the floor, through to where the foot going forward, to where the heel is coming up, to where the movement's going to the toe, the full function of the foot occurs, which helps with gait. And it gives them the confidence to want to walk. So, you know, if, if they feel that they have the rhythm, they can walk more steadier, they can actually follow through with their movement. If the rhythm is taken away, they then go back to this idea of shuffling their feet. Dementia is, is, a, is a memory loss disease. Um, how do you approach that from a, a dementia standpoint? So dementia is interesting because it is, it is mem- a memory loss thing. And singing is a really important thing uh, when it comes to do, working with people with dementia. Because um, there's research that's come out. And they've shown that there is a connection between the auditory cortex, so what we hear and the part of the brain that processes our emotions called the limbic system. And what happens is when we do music, sound can be processed immediately in areas of the brain where the emotions um, and memories are stored. But it's musical sound specifically, not just speech. So when you talk to someone with dementia, they might not be able to understand what you're saying or follow you because speech that's just talking, there's no melody, there's no rhythm. But when you sing a song that they know, they're able to sing back all the words. That's because you're, you're, you're accessing that part of the brain immediately where the emotions are stored. You're not bypassing through the sound and the voice and all the other stuff. You're going straight to where the memory recall is. I read something about that recently. People, they just, they come alive. And, um, you know, and you just explain why. Uh, that is absolutely incredible. You know, I, I did some music therapy in a dementia setting. Um, 
And what you know, one of the gentlemen who was there, he loved playing on the bodrum. It's like a big circular Irish type drum, and he loved tapping it. His fine motor movement skills were amazing. Um, and the one day oh, at the end, you know, the staff came to me and she said to me, "I don't understand it. He can play on a drum. He can do these intricate movements on a drum, but he can't hold his knife and fork. We have to feed him." And I thought, well, that makes no sense. Like, clearly he has fine motor movement. He should be able to hold something. You know, he could move his arms, so he's got the gross motor strength. You know, what what was going on here? And I said to her, let's just try something. At night when he's eating, just put on some march music. Oh or, God. you know, let's see if it makes a difference. Because when he was eating, there was no music. It was always silent. And they did. And they realized when there was no music when he was eating, he couldn't hold his knife and fork. But when they played march music, he loved army marches, he could hold his knife and fork. I, I can't tell you, you know, it's almost like having the hair stand up on the back of your neck, just listening to that story, because it, it is so incredible, the power of, of, of music. And I can talk to you forever just listening to this. And something, something that I noticed, um, you know, just listening to you, your voice goes, it goes, it peaks and then you slow everything down, you speed it up, you do all the... I want to come to therapy. I want to come. <laughs> I want to come and talk to you right now. It's incredible. I have a different phone voice and I have a different therapy voice. I have to say I've noticed that as well. <laughs> <laughs> now, Fleur, I, I really do appreciate, you know, what you're doing because, as I said before, it kind of, you know, brought the hairs up in the back of my neck. And um, uh, I, I, can't, I can't help but think that you're on the right track with what you're doing. No, thank you very much. You know, and I, I really, I love what I do. I'm, I'm a keen advocate, you know, for music therapy and, and seeing the benefits that it has. You know, um, of course, it's, it's. I work with a lot of people's mental health as well, and you know, a lot of them are on um, medication and drugs, and sometimes, you know, you, you find you lose a sense of the person when they become so heavily medicated. And actually just, you know, when you use music, it, it, it even just watching to see that, you know, what the positive effects are of music on medication, it makes a difference. You know, I have people who comment that, you know, when they come in and they they take the antipsychotics, you know, music, you just, you know, taking part in music therapy helps their medication to work better. When their meds are working better, they feel better, you know, and it's it's really about wellness. And even how music therapy is used to promote and encourage wellness mental wellness, emotional wellness, physical wellness. Because, you know, when people come to music therapy, many of them, um, their personal wellness, you know, and health isn't very good. Yes. And even looking at, you know, how do we use music therapy to help promote that and giving them tools and techniques they can take out when they leave their sessions. Because, you know, I don't just want them to feel good for half an hour when they come for music therapy a week. I, you know, I want to give them things that they can take with them and, and use so that in their day, they have relaxation techniques, they have receptive techniques, they have songs they can listen to and, and things they can implement into their day. You mentioned mindfulness and um, and, and naturally um, helping someone. And I think those two things are so, so important when it comes to wellness. So, uh, Fleur, I really want to thank you for coming on the show today. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you. Take care, Fleur.